0: for our favorite team or our favorite concerts, wherever we are, if the exuberance in us comes out more for that in our nature than it does for Almighty God, then something is off because there's nothing that ought to give us a more visceral, physical, and and the use of our emotions of our reaction than praises to our Almighty God. That is a, a powerful thing and it wasn't, it, I don't know why, why it took so many years for me to grasp what worship meant. I loved music, did music, sang music, but when God showed me worship, it wasn't just worshiping in music, but he, he took over, finally, finally took over the mindset that when I did music, it was worship to him, and it just changed everything in my life. I want to make a couple of declarations to you this morning that are um, really important as it pertains to the enemy. And um, Is there a loose podium? Okay. Is that is that podium attached or can I get that off? Okay, fantastic. You know, The goal of the enemy is that he comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. And um, sometimes he attempts to do that to us individually. Sometimes he attempts to do that to us corporately. And uh, he is attempting to do that right at this very moment. Um, Greg may join us shortly. He is dealing with an issue downstairs um, of... uh, situation that is requiring great great power, great strength, and great prayers on our behalf. And uh worship team, I want to just keep you on a little bit of standby uh to to join us again perhaps for a song because I, I wanna um we may go there. And so interestingly enough this has been a weekend. I'll just share this kind of as a testimony to begin. We just came off of the women's retreat and uh one of the things that we did is we promised the Lord that we would, uh, and I, I i will just speak for myself. Many did, but I promised the Lord that I would let him be in charge. When you're a planner, when you are uh, an organizer, a speaker, a teacher, any aspect of that, and you put events together, the hardest thing to do is to take your plan and begin to shred it. Okay? Now, God doesn't always ask us to do that. But I kind of had a feeling that he would ask me to do that. And um, he didn't, I didn't have to fully shred it, but he made major, major changes. And I uh, did the same thing with Allison in terms of uh, the, the – she probably only – God only allowed her to use maybe 2% of what she prepared. And usually it doesn't work that way. You usually can use a little bit more percentage, not 100%, but um, – But in that same kind of vein, um, we went over a verse that we were just going to dissect this morning, Ephesians 3.20. And in the ladies' class this morning, we did a discussion, we did a a talk about um, what it means and and how the different translations bring it out, and what does it mean that God wants to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Well, because of that, um, I didn't need to bring my normal class book of Notes that are just always in there, because um, I knew that that was the verse God had us do, and we were going to do a discussion. So it's interesting that having found out that that, that the enemy would attempt, because he will not win, I will declare, and I will show you scripture. Uh, he attempted to hijack the service a little bit. Greg just informed me at the beginning um, that um, that I may need to give the message, and so I had nothing from my arsenal to draw of my paper. So I was like, okay, well, Holy Spirit, you got to do it again. You've got to give me what you want said because um, to stand up here and just speak words is just futile. And um, even though we, we know that conceptually, it's a whole different deal because, you know, you always want to seem like you're just like minutely together. But, um, but God gives uh, such, I mean, if this isn't an outline, I don't know what is. You know it's like okay well who who knew that our Bible would actually be an outline for us to give, so there were a few verses that he was giving me, and and of course, the words, I hope you listen to the words in these worship songs. this is um and we talked about this at the retreat, but this is not about a deciding that well, yeah, I kind of like that song, and well, ooh, that song that's kind of cool. I like the harmony on that. It's not about dissecting your your uh tastes and 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 you know, likes and dislikes and and what, you know, kind of moves you when it comes to lyrics or harmony or, you know, if you're a musical person, then if you're like me, that can be a distraction. It's about engaging in the music that is around you and focusing and fixing our eyes and thoughts on Jesus Christ. That can be done when you are sitting in the middle of a quiet park and hearing the music of nature around you you know there are many things that can draw us and our eyes into the presence of God that bring peace according to Isaiah 26:3 if we keep our fix our thoughts on Christ but even when we love the music even if it's for some of us even if it's our favorite song engaging fully in our favorite song does not mean that we're worshiping it just means that we're enjoying our favorite song so worship is really about fixing our thoughts on him and and focusing on him alone and, and going before him and saying God I, I, I worship you I bow down before you and allowing your entire person the temple of the Holy Spirit which is our bodies to be involved in that process whatever that looks like um, it is different for everyone and that people ought to have that freedom to to do that whether they you know there are times when I do want to express myself with movement in my arms other times I want to just sit and just block out and and go into a quiet place in a loud environment and just be just go go deep with him in those moments so but it's a beautiful beautiful thing to allow worship to flood you now not just for an experience not just because we have a great god but because when you worship it shifts atmospheres that literally causes satan to tremble there is nothing more powerful than wielding the name of Jesus Christ in worship, in the presence of a situation where the enemy is coming against you. It is it is the most powerful weapon. Uh, against your own personal attacks, whether it be depression or a tendency to freak out over a situation, news that you found out about your job or financial or or a possible diagnosis or anything. Begin to worship, even when you don't feel like it. Because worship that's a sacrifice, you know, when when James talks about I think it's James or Hebrews, that talks about a sacrifice of praise, sometimes it's a sacrifice to praise. And you're praising by faith. There is a... um, It is, uh, you'll know, I don't know why I'm blanking out, I I think it's Hillsong, has a a song called Even When It Hurts. I love that song, and I love the lyrics, because it's, even when it hurts, I'll praise you. Even when I don't understand, I'll praise you. Even when I'm confused, even when I don't get the answer, that I'll praise you. Lauren Daigle has a song out that uh, I will trust in you. When you don't part the waters, I want you to go through. When you don't move the mountain, I want you to move. I will trust, I will trust, I will trust in you. I love that song. Um, that is an important thing to declare when you're in any kind of battle in your life, okay? And it's if you're not presently, you know, there are times when we're just presently in a place of, of rest. Just guaranteed you're between battles, <laughs> okay? If you're not in one right now, the one's around the corner. But it doesn't mean that can't, it shouldn't be intimidating. I used to hear preachers say that, and I would be, oh, really? Like, can we just? Get a break here. I thought Canaan was like, you know, where's the milk and honey flowing? You know that that actual reality of going into the land of Canaan and going into the destiny of the children of Israel was battle after battle after battle. That's when they came against the Hivites, the Hittites, the Jebusites. Ites, 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 and more ites. Just swatting them. Like, seriously. They were taking ground all the time in their destiny, in their promised land. So we will be delivered from those battles when We're with Jesus. But isn't it great when you're in a battle to win? I mean, Paul said that he's in a race. You know, he wants to have fought hard. He wants the Lord to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. There will be a battle, but don't let the battle itself weary you. That's just your flesh talking. Because I'll tell you what, every time there's a fight to be be won, guess what? You're a winner. You know, it's just, we're going to, um, now I'm sound, probably sounding like Trump, we're just going to win, 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 right? <laughs> okay, that wasn't political, that was actually biblical at that moment. But, um, but it's true, it's really true. So I'm going to make some declarations, and, um, but I want to pray. Father God, we just praise you, God. Just thank you, Lord. Even when it hurts. Even, God, when we don't understand. God, even when we're confused. God, even when we don't get the answer that we think we should get, God, we praise You. We praise You, God, even when the waters are not parted and the mountain isn't moved in the timing and in the way that we thought. God, You are in the midst of doing the full scope of exceeding abundantly above all that we could even ask or hope to think. Because You love us, God. You love us. You want us to be so rooted in your love that we can just say yes to every single step toward the beauty of what you have for us. So God, I praise you today and I thank you, God, for the power that you have given us because of Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus. And I ask you, God, to flood those downstairs, with an extra measure of your power, to crush what the enemy is doing right now and to crush, to crush and block and completely annihilate the attempts of the witchcraft coming against the ignition service this morning in Jesus' name by the blood of Jesus. God, I thank you. First of all, I thank you, God, that what you're doing is such a threat. To the enemy. That he cannot help but scurry about. But he will be defeated in Jesus' name. Because we will be overcomers as we walk in your power this morning. So I thank you, God. I thank you that your plan is to even turn witches from the deception of belief that the enemy has anything to offer them. And to turn their hearts directly to you, God. So I ask you, Father, to just release your holiness your righteous right hand to just pierce the darkness of all the strategies of the enemy. Break through and bring about your perfect will in full deliverance of the situation, God. We thank you, God. I thank you, God. I know you want to do a work in each one of us today. Each one of us. You want to show us more, love on us more, reveal more, challenge us more. Ask of us more. Share more. All the things, God, that you have for us, Lord. There is just no limit to what you want in relationship with us. So I praise you this morning. I praise you. Holy Spirit, we invite you to just flood this place with your power, God, and with your love. For you have good, good plans. Good, good plans. So we love you, God. We lift up the name of Jesus. I pray especially this morning. For every single listener, God, that you would take us to a greater measure of what that relationship means, God. That you first love us, that you want us to love you because you first loved us. And God, to be able to even, even though we will not fully comprehend it, God, to take us to the next step of comprehension of the length, the breadth, the depth, the height of the love, God, that you have for us. Thank you, God, for that. Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Thank you, God. Please do that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So I want you to look at a couple of scriptures today with me. And um, and I will, um, again, I will do this um, based on the timing of, of when, we, when we see Greg. And um, you'll just... Um, Permit me to be your mouth, the mouthpiece of the Lord this morning and uh, let him speak to you this morning through these scriptures. But there was a few of them that were really, really jumped out at me, one of which is in Colossians 2. Very difficult to narrow down when it comes to what you love in scripture. There's just so much. Depends on which category. Depends on what the Holy Spirit's doing. Colossians 2, though, one of the stick-it-to-you verses that I really love, whenever the enemy is pestering me, and trying to lie to me, lie to me. Did you know that he is a liar? John eight forty five. He is a liar and the father of lies. That's just really important to remember. Once you determine that the voice that you're hearing in your head is not him, call it a liar. Rebuke it and cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. In 2 Corinthians ten five, do that. Exercise that authority that you have in Jesus because it's just going to come. Now, it will come in different ways. As soon as you get to the next level of, of growth, it's, it's and I, I know this is kind of Joyce Meyer's kind of catchphrase that she uses when she speaks, but new level, new devil. Only because he will never uh, he will be relentless in his attacks against you, but he will leave you alone in areas that you get victory over, which is, a, is a, and a real encouragement. There are things that God, that Satan does not badger me with that I have had growth in, but he's trying new things. And that's why I love 2 Corinthians ten twelve, which says, wherefore, let him that thinks he stand take heed lest he fall so every time I think I'm really doing good on that one level mm, God's about to draw me into the secret place take me to the next level and at that level I am now vulnerable again to be attacked and I'm dependent on God we'll never be uh independent of God and oh my if we ever think we are independent of God then we better go back to maybe level one because <laughs> we are deceived okay Col- uh, Colossians 2 Verse 14. Well, actually, 13. And, and again, I, I, have, I have New Living. I have uh, uh, the King James. But in the New Living, I'll just say it to the, this one. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ. This just talks about the freedom that we have in Christ and what happened. He forgave all of our sins. Verse 14 in Colossians 2. He canceled the record that contained the charges against us. He took it and destroyed it by nailing it to the cross. Wow. Praise Jesus. And this is the one that I absolutely love. I just got to tell you, I don't know what it is. I just love this verse. Okay. In this way, God disarmed the evil rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly. By his victory over them on the cross of Christ. I don't know why, but I can't seem to say that with enough punch. Did I say it with enough punch? He shamed them publicly. He shamed them publicly. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, died, Jesus went to hell for three days. And I believe with all my heart, in hell, he basically just was declaring, I ain't staying here. I'm going to be delivered, and this will never defeat not only me, but anyone who is going to receive power through the blood that was shed What that put me here. His physical death on the cross wasn't what caused him to sweat great drops of blood. It was knowing he'd be separated from God and visit the very depths of hell. And then God just reached down, delivered him, and he defied everything devised of the enemy, everything he defied it, and was raised. And I will tell you that that act, which is such a, a stab at the forces of darkness, is such a powerful, powerful time. If you, and I know that it's, it probably isn't represented in this group, um, and but I am going to I'm going to say it just in case it does apply to you or people you know. If you have a mindset, if you tend to have more of a mindset that next Sunday is about your favorite peeps or your Cadbury cream eggs, which I love, or, or, or you know Easter bunnies, if you tend to go there more than recognizing what Easter is about, Easter is about the defying of all things that Satan has planned for us. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. We're just saying that Jesus is alive. I mean, it is the defiance of that. That is so significant. Now, because of that, what we don't often know as Christians, and I know that these are just uncomfortable things said in churches, but I'm just going to say it because um, it's just a reality. It's a reality. Good Friday is, in fact, we are doing a special worship service that Friday night, but we are going to be doing a 24-hour uh, prayer Uh, that is going to be organized by Wendy to be able to do the 24 hours leading up to it. There is a worldwide, in, um, in an aspect called really the Brotherhood, which is basically all Satan worshipers, they do human sacrifices every single hour for the 24 hours surrounding Good Friday. There is a, remember, Satan is a counterfeit of what God does. So with Jesus' death on the cross, they do, they do human sacrifice. If you do not think this exists, first of all, then you don't know anybody in law enforcement because there are more people in law enforcement that clean up scenes that can be explained by nothing other than the fact that there was something sacrificed in a gruesome way. And often they find human remains. So, and this is not some conspiracy theory. This is a reality. And, um, you know, the church just needs to wake up to the reality of the war that we're in. We have the power. Satan loses. Have you read the end of your Bible? Uh, yeah. Yeah. He loses. He's defeated. He is gone. And um, it's, it's kind of like significant. You know, whenever you feel like just life is just weighing you down, one of the most encouraging verses you will read, which I just absolutely love, and I have it all like marked up in my old school paper Bible, which I do recommend anyways. Uh, with, with that. But one of these verses, it says here, and I, I'm just going to give it to you now. It's, it's in Revelation 20, verse 10. And the devil that was deceived, or that deceived them, was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and he shall be tormented day and night, forever and ever. Okay? He loses, and he will be placed into his own hell. Praise God. That is why he is desperate desperate to do all that he can. He already knows he is irredeemable. Okay. And so this is a very serious time. It's a very holy time. And we've got to get real with what Easter means. We've got to get real with what it means to be a Christian and to walk victorious. There is a real enemy and there is a real power that defeats that real enemy. And to be lukewarm is to just plain be deceived or to overtly of, of your consciousness defy what that reality is because to become complacent is to just decide to just ignore a reality around you and it and it, it's 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 really a terrible place remember satan doesn't doesn't necessarily after getting people radically um ungodly although he certainly is hopes we go there he just would like us to just not be passionate let's just start there just, just let's just steal everybody's passion you know when you when you're robbed of your enthusiasm for the lord Then it's a whole lot easier to start down slippery slopes, isn't it? You know that's kind of where we start. You don't usually jump from being a passionate Christian into, you know, a drug addict on the side of the road. It's usually not that kind of progression. It starts with a, oh, okay, this is what Christianity is about. Okay, wow. It starts with, you know, getting off track and actually thinking that you're following your leaders instead of God in your churches, and then all of a sudden your leaders fall, or you find out there's hypocrisy and you get disappointed. And you're like, okay, I didn't really think that was – I really looked up to them, and they're – I just found out they're kind of a mess, and now I'm disappointed. And I really pedestalized them, which I shouldn't have, but I didn't recognize I was doing it because Satan deceived me, and I thought I was following them and not following God, and I don't know. I, don't, you know, I mean, they're such a good counselor. And, but now, oh, no, you know, I, got, I got counseling from them, and now they're, they're falling apart, or, or the, I found out that there was this going on. And, and then all of a sudden, then, then you kind of you, – you just wax cold. That's when he can get you into other things. You just kind of die inside. Or you get betrayed by somebody that you trusted. Oh, that happens in churches all the time. Because we lose sight of, of what goes on. Well, then, then we're, we're caught in, in, a, in a way for... In Psalm 91, it talks about another part of our authority. Toward the end of the chapter, it's... Um, thou shalt trample on the lion and the adder. The young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet talking about the authority that we have the young lion the young lion represents Have you ever been around a cub of a wild animal before whether it be at a you know these people that get sometimes these get these visits and it's just amazing I've always had kind of a dream of being able to like just cuddle a baby just a baby like tiger or a lion or something just like an exotic animal that's that's fierce but but in their infancy how amazing it would be I just I thought wow that's so great that's what we do when we entertain things. We're just like, oh, but, they're, but it's just a baby. It's just so, you know, I mean, I mean, just it's, just, it's beautiful. And it's, it's like, you know, and, and then they're deceived and, and all of a sudden these people, and we just hear story after story, they just kind of take it into their home and it's fine and I'll, I'll be with it. I can tame it. I can tame it. I got this. I got away with it. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a tiger whisperer. I'm just going to whisper all over it. It's going to be great. And then your whisper turns into shouting and then you still don't have a whole lot of control. And before you know it, you know, that is what we do with sin. We think or we just do with, with the, the enemy itself. Sometimes it manifests in, in, an, in an overt sin. Sometimes it just manifests in such a deep-rooted destruction of our attitude. There are women that are the most moral people that I know through the years in women's ministry who are just rotted inside from bitterness, from hate. They wouldn't do something immoral if their life depended on it. So it's not that kind of stuff you're ever going to see. But they have such bitterness, such hate. They still remember the woman who was rude to them 27,000 years ago at the potluck after church. And how dare she? And then my daughter got married. She didn't even send my daughter a gift. i mean. And it's just like, what? You know, like this stuff that happens... And the bitterness, and it just, and it begins to just rot them. And then they then they start, you know, medicating this and medicating that. And before you know it, you know, it's just, it's awful. It's awful. I've been in choir with a, a lady. I was in choir with a lady like that. We're not online this morning. Is that right? We're not. I think Greg said that. We are? Oh, Greg said we weren't going to be online this morning. Okay. Anyway. Well, I've been at a few churches. Nobody's going to know which choir that is. So. But I was... Um, she's actually home with the Lord now. But she's, uh, she's all fixed up. She's, she's in glory with the Lord Jesus. But, but I mean, there was just a... Uh, you could just feel the burdens that she carried with things she would not release to the Lord. And yet, um, the most wonderful, wonderful woman who would just do anything for you, unless you crossed her. But, um, but it was really one of those situations where she was dying inside. You cannot embrace and pet a young lion and think that it's not going to grow into a full-grown lion and destroy you and that is what the enemy wants you to think is that you can dabble that you can so it's and we talked about this this weekend it's the point of imagination that you deal with it so that it doesn't overtake you now the same is true with things of fear fear is a huge entry point in our life as soon as you respond in fear And and I would say, um, I remember, if fear is sneaky, because when I say the word fear, everybody has an image, whether you recognize it or not. There's something in your reticular activating system that that is synonymous with fear, okay? If you were to just have to have a knee-jerk reaction, when I say the word fear, what do you think of? Everybody has something different. But I remember when I had a little bit of fear when I was in an environment of worship, because it was unsettling in certain environments, because it was different than what I was used to. Anytime your comfort zones are stretched, fear can get in. Fear can creep in. And it's, it's not the kind of fear that you think, oh, my goodness, I'm just I'm afraid. It's kind of a, okay, yeah, I don't, okay, don't want to go there. It, it's, a, it's an opportunity to recoil, to shut down, and to not quite be like, okay, Lord, whatever you have, whatever you have, whatever you have. If something happens over here, you got it. You got it. Or you will reveal what needs to be done about it. But I am still at peace with you. Okay? Um, Those those are times. God wants to stretch us. He wants to to change what we determine are the parameters of our life, of our worship experience, of our responses, of when people are maybe even uh, if you you struggle with a, a, a spirit of offense often. If you need your validation in other people and somebody offends you, the fear of what they think of you suddenly can overcome you. And, and, and sometimes, depending on how deep and how long these issues are, it takes a little longer. But you can begin to practice with the right responses and begin to see an amazing, amazing deliverance. So that's one, one verse I wanted to give you in 2.20, Colossians. I also want to take you to Romans 8. So we're going to look at Romans 8. And... Um, And I don't know, I don't know, do we have any pro presenter available to us? If we do, I don't know that, I know we had to really work to find King James, but um, if you you don't have that, you can do new living. I love, love Romans 8. If you want to be encouraged, Romans 8 will encourage you. There's just, it is an absolute, uh, outside of the Psalms, which is my love, Romans 8 will encourage you because it starts with one of the most encouraging verses on planet Earth. There is therefore now no condemnation okay, to them which are in Christ Jesus and walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. It doesn't say that there's no condemnation if you're good, you know. It's like you are never, ever, ever condemned as long as you are perfect all the time. <laughs> it just says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? Because Satan was publicly shamed. He was already defeated. Jesus did it all. The issues now that we're dealing with are in sanctification. They're, they're the issues of our ability to overcome in sanctification and in growth with Jesus. But, um, so we're going to go, we're going to keep on going a little bit in this, but let's go to, um, whoo. I know I'm, I'm like the whole chapter is like screaming at me right now, but I want to go to, um, let's just go to 26. And if we're in the King James, which is, which is fine. Likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, helps us in our distress. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. He actually prays for us in a groaning, in an, in an expression, in a way, and sometimes that's even through tongues, if you if God has given you the gift of tongues. It's through that utterance that cannot be uttered. Uh he that Searcheth, verse 27, he that searcheth, um, and he that searcheth the heart knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. I love that. This morning we talked about the fact that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above, or super abundantly more than we could even express. And what God is saying in this verse here is he is... He is so desiring to be an overcomer in your life. He's so desiring to give you victory over the enemy that He's actually going to take the heart's cry of your prayer and make intercession for you so that your prayer is ultimately answered according to the will of God because He knows what is best for you more than you even know for yourself. Remember, who is Jesus to us? Jesus is our advocate, He is our lawyer. Uh, I, I so encourage you to learn what Scripture says in in, in for, through the lens and context of the courts, the courts of heaven. Everything about what Satan does is Revelation 12, 10 12. He is the accuser of the brethren. Okay? Everything about the oppression that we experience has to do with how the Satan is trying to constantly bring up charges against us. Have you ever been pestered with, uh, I know, with having our own business, um, I remember there were just, I mean, there were, there was a year where we just had crazy, we, people were just so happy, you know, like when you have a business, you have a situation with a vehicle or something like that, we even sold one of our personal vehicles to a, to a guy one time, and he turned around and sued us because the car... Uh, the car didn't work the way that he thought it would. It was, just such a, it was just such a lame case. We had to go through all the trouble to go to court to talk to the judge to present our case. I mean, the charges were just bogus, how he was even trying, what he was claiming to want, okay? He wanted all this uh, pain and suffering money and all this crazy stuff for emotional distress. I mean, they come up with crazy things. Have you ever been, have you ever had people bring up charges against you and just to have to defend yourself is like, really, you know, this is just crazy, And a lot of times the oppression in our life is essentially Satan trying to go and gain authority before the throne to just mess with your life and try to begin to destroy it. He's just trying to do that. Now, how does he get authority? There are ways, even in a bogus lawsuit against you, there are ways that you can so not cooperate because of your frustration that that's happening, that you can actually get yourself into legal trouble so that by the time you show up to court, you you actually, they have a more of a case than they started out with because you, you were just thinking that you could handle it on your own. Very dangerous to do so. Always go, go through the letter. I mean, that's why the law was set up. And, and I mean, you can, you can make it so much worse for yourself. Rather than going and being like, look, I am going to do what is absolutely right so that when, I, when that case is presented before me, I'm going to present truth and you know, the purity of my situation, if you will, and then let the judge decide. And can you imagine... If you were to be able to go into court and know that you had a perfectly righteous right judge every time. We know we don't in the human courts. But Psalm 103 tells us, The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. I love that verse because he is such a righteous judge. He will hear. But but remember, because God has limited himself to work through us because of... You know, when he decided to create man... He allowed us to be in a position of choice, which is what put him in a place of choosing to limit himself. So there are times when, as a judge, he's, he's like, okay, Satan's presenting a case here. I do not want to allow him to have these charges, you know, be against you. What do you got? got we've got Jesus. We've always got Jesus, who's our lawyer, who's our advocate. But do you know what power it is? When we will come and present our case before the Lord with witnesses, what are witnesses? Prayer warriors around us. Those who will stand, and even if, they, even if it's a mess we got ourselves into, someone that will stand and say, I plead the blood of Jesus over Allison. I plead the blood of Jesus. Yes, she, they may have some, he may have some charges against her right now, but I plead the blood of Jesus over her because she is safe. She is your child. And so, as a a righteous judge, that, that trumps everything else. So I ask for mercy before your courts as a witness on behalf. That's essentially what you do. That is intercessory prayer. You are pleading on behalf and standing as a witness in the courts. Because Satan always tries to accuse, tries to totally accuse us. But I love that we have an advocate. We have... The Holy Spirit himself helps us to make our case. Now, don't lose Romans 8, but I do want to take you to Isaiah because this is just such an important verse that proves the point. This is Isaiah 54, verse 17. I just love this. I often use this when I pray. Isaiah 55, verse 17 says, No weapon that is formed against you Thee will shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Praise God! See, we are in righteousness. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The Father sees us as righteousness. That's why there is no condemnation. Okay. Now, that doesn't mean that we're always in right standing with him in our sanctification. I'm speaking of our justification. We can always plead the blood of Jesus before the courts when um, when we're referring to from, from a justification standpoint, as long as we are a sealed child of God. Now, the rest of it, we have to be in right standing. We have to walk in purity. We can really mess ourselves up in court. Okay, if we're not walking in a pure life, because the enemy does have access, he does have a case to be legitimately brought before us if we are unsurrendered in our life. We've got to give him all parts of our life as soon as we're made aware of it. And that's why the Bible says, To him that knoweth to do good, to him it is sin. Okay, it is that known sin. But God expects us, as we draw close to him, to apply Psalm 139, 23, and 24, which says, Search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me see. See if there's any wicked way in me so that I can then know it, make it right. And as Allison so pointedly put out, uh, you know, explained in one of the sessions, and then you can turn from it. Not just give it lip service, I'm sorry, but literally say, God, here, I lay this before you. I don't want it anymore. Okay? And that is, that is a beautiful thing because, again, in the justification, okay, in the justification, God already, because I used to get confused. I'm like, well, okay, why am I keep confessing my sin if he is not, you know, because, again, Psalm 103 tells us he hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our, our iniquities. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. As far as, as, and as the heavens are higher than the earth. So great is his mercy toward them that fear him. So, yes, he's removed it in justification, but we have to walk in purity and in a daily confession of sin to have right standing with him in the sanctification. Okay, because there's the three parts. You're justified. Then you're sanctified. Then one day you're glorified in your glorified state. Okay, the three parts of salvation. So, um, so we're going to go, yeah, we're going to be back in Romans 8 here. But I just, this is where it just gets like powerful, powerful, exciting. After that verse, okay, verse 27, he says, And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of Christ, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know, we know that all things work together for good. OK, see, if the verse before that is, explains why if he's searching our heart and mind and he's making the intercession and, and going before the throne to make sure that what we're praying is going to be according to the will of God, then it will always be good because of who God's character is. It will always be good no matter how it may look. It's always good. It's everything he works together for good. The pain, the tragedy we're facing, the bad news, the uncertainty, the mountain that's not moved, the waters that are not yet parted is all good, even though we don't know it. And he could reveal things just like that. He could reveal all the whys. But then he wouldn't have what pleases him. And that is what? Faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Faith is the victory. Faith is what's rewarded. Faith is the object. That's the thing Satan wants more than anything else. That's why he lies to us, so that we won't trust God. We won't, by faith, because you remember, what is faith? It's the substance of things that are only hoped for. It's the evidence of things that aren't even seen. That verse just just blows my mind wide open. Hey, what? Substance I'm hoping for? Is it, it's What? It's, it's like this intangible thing. It's something that I have to believe. I have to believe. But that's what keeps us dependent on God. Because in our sinful flesh, every time we're able to say, I got this, it doesn't include God. And we turn away from him. We don't want to. We don't mean to. But we just do. Because our sinful flesh is, is at enmity with God. We, we're, we're constantly separated, wanting to go our own way. And, and that's why Paul's like, why? Why is there this battle within me? I, I'm not doing what I need to do. And I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I shouldn't be doing. It's like, what's going on? I, you know, we're always going to be battling. You ever feel like you just battled your flesh? i got to tell you, every time I put my makeup on, I'm battling my flesh. I'm like, seriously? Come on. I'm just battling. You know, my foundation first was nice and thin, and then it got thicker. And now I'm just scooping out a whole bucket of spackle, just just paste it on. You know, whatever, fill in the cracks, Lord, fill me up, Lord. <laughs> anyway, woo, some Tourette's happening this morning. Okay, now let me go a little further because this is going to encourage you. It's going to encourage you. For whom He did foreknow, He did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Okay, we're going to switch over. Actually, no, no, let's go to 31 in the King James, and then I want to switch over to the uh, New Living is More Palatable, and some of you have your own translation in front of you. In verse 31, wow. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not? With him also freely give us all things. If he gave us his son, why wouldn't he freely give us everything else? I'd give you a whole lot before I would give you my son. Okay? Who shall lay anything? Oh, what, a, what this is like the best lawyer ever to, that, that brings this before the courts. Who is going to lay anything to the charge of my client? God's elect. It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. And then he goes into the fact that straight up this is truth. Who shall ever separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Now, I'm going to switch right over to the new living and go back to verse 33. I love it. I'm sorry, I'm saying it with punch because I just, just believe it. And I need this encouragement. And I'm a little bit fired up about the enemy this morning. Can you tell? Verse 33. No, let's go back to 31. 31, so sorry. He's got, he's got to be up and, and awake, Gabe has to. This. <laughs> verse 31, what Can we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since God did not even spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't God, who gave us Christ, also give us everything else? Who dares? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own will? Will God? No. He is the one who has given us right standing with himself. He gave Jesus so we'd be in right standing with himself. Do we even appreciate this? It's just like, wow, this, this can be the, the ignite, ignition of your passion. God did this for us. Who then, verse 34? Who then will condemn us? Will Jesus? Will Christ Jesus? No. For He is the one who died for us and raised us to life, uh, raised to life for us and is sitting at the place of highest honor next to God, pleading for us. Can anything, verse 35, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean He no longer loves us if we have trouble? or calamity, or are persecuted, or are hungry, or cold, or in danger, or threatened with death, even the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed. Every day, we are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ Jesus who loved us. And now we'll go on. And I am convinced, verse 38, that nothing can ever separate us from his love. Death can't. Life can't. Angels can't. The demons can't. Our fears for today, our worries about tomorrow, and even the powers of hell can't keep God's love away. Whether we are high above the sky or in the deepest ocean, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in, Jesus, in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, if you don't think you need a Savior, that might not get you fired up. But if you think you need a Savior, that is something to get excited about. No matter what you are going through, come hell or high water, you cannot be separated from the love of Jesus Christ. That is encouraging. That is encouraging. And we'll never be able to comprehend the love. We'll never be able to comprehend the love of Jesus. But some of these verses give us at least that mind. I, I, honestly, I like to just be like, look, I can't understand it. So God, would you just let me experience it? Just let me experience it. Sometimes I, there, there have been moments where I'm like, I don't know that I can even explain my relationship with you know somebody that I love dearly. One thing that's interesting, you know, instead of using a marital relationship, I use that a lot. I remember feeling the love I had for my children when they were born. Just like, how can you? How how did God allow this to happen, where we have a, a beautiful baby girl? and another baby girl like it was just both of them they were just different and and then after Brooke I didn't think it could possibly happen again and I remember hearing all the moms say oh I'm I'm fearful that I'm not going to love one the same I just like you know whatever I I couldn't relate to that but then I went through that that how can I love my second the way I love my first and God just floods you with this love that you just you can't even express it's just there it's just like this child, and I'm just in awe, looking at her face every day and just seeing her grow. And, and I think it was something special with Yvonne, especially if you know some uh, that your child is your, is your last one. Um, well, we're still trying. But uh, no. <laughs> no. No no, surprises. But um, but it's like every single day I look at her, and I still, I still look at Brooke. And I'm just like, Lord, thank you. Thank you for my children. I still look at Yvonne, and I'm just like, thank you, Lord. And so... That kind of love, sometimes you just have to experience it to know. So ask God, don't try to intellectualize love. Don't try to philosophize it. Don't try to grasp it in your mind. Let God allow you to experience it. And, and some of you, again, I know we, we don't, we're never led of our feelings, but you know what? Our feelings, we're, we're a part of our creation of our bodies so we can enjoy things. I love when God floods my emotion. Um, Sometimes it's quite overwhelming. Sometimes it's actually quite terrifying because the emotion that is so deep that begins to unravel in the presence of God. I mean, there are times when in my own worship time at home, I'm like, I don't know. The trembling I feel before you, Lord, is so overwhelming. I I may come undone. And that's why people use the word wrecked. You just get wrecked in the presence of God because it's so amazing. Do you ever let yourself go there? Or do you just let yourself enjoy Christian music that you like? Let yourself go there. You know, when I see the Muslims the Muslim faith, the way they get on their knees and they bow and they're all just laid down before, the, before their God, that they're going to find was, not, was, it, was a, a, an entity of, of Satan's demonic forces. They're not going to find, because we know that, that there is only one God. There is, no, there is one God. There's none else. And, and so how sad that is, though, when there's such devotion. There's a willingness to even die for them, for their God. There's a willingness to die for the promise of the future. And it's just, it's extraordinary to, uh, to think that, that we, ha- we lack such passion and these other religions that will really come up and, and be so, so shocked that they were, re- you know, realizing a false god all this time gave so much more passion and yet we had the one true God. And we were kind of, eh, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. It's not a big deal if I miss Sunday. I mean, you know, seriously, God understands. You know, there's things that, that just become so disconnected. I hope that you will take these verses and just chew on them and chew on them and chew on them, and, and let God just get you excited and let God show you the authority. And this is the last verse I'm going to take you to, and that is in Luke 19. We're going to go to Luke, and this is it, okay? So for my um these are my declarations this morning, and um, the Lord is not um, not bringing him up here, so praise His name. We, you know we still are. Entering in. The, the truth will never return void. We know that in Isaiah 55. Uh, the truth will never return void. Praise praise the name of Jesus. Okay. So, I love in Luke 10, when Jesus gave, because of his power, Jesus gave authority. And it says in 19, And I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. And you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. Okay? But then it says, but don't rejoice just because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are written in the citizens of heaven. Now, people have taken this to mean literal. And they get have they get crazy and they actually start walking on actual physical snakes and scorpions. And, and Jesus is telling them the things of the enemy of the prince of this world that strike out to harm you because of what I paid for for you. You walk in the authority to tread on that without it injuring you. Don't rejoice because of the power itself. That is what has happened in the charismatic church. There is a, there is almost like a, okay God, this is your power. Great. Now you've given it to me. I've operated in a little bit. Thanks. I got it from here. Okay. And they get caught up in the the high of the power, rather than being caught up in the most high of their father in worship. Be very careful when God allows you to experience and wield whatever powers he's giving you. And I don't just mean the supernatural gifts. I mean ministerial gifts. Some, you know, Sometimes people give great power to teachers and the ability to teach. Great powers to administrative gifts, shepherding gifts. And, and they become really good at what they do, and they forget that it's God moving through you. It is not us. And that's where people begin to start to follow me, follow me, follow me. No, 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 no. If if what God is doing in you isn't that you allow him to be a pointer, you, yourself to be a pointer, everything ought to be. a Okay, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You're looking at me. You're looking at me. But it's, it's him. It's him. It's him. It's got to be him all the time. Otherwise, we get all messed up. But I love that. He has given us authority. So I want to... Um, w- w- Do we have in our repertoire a uh, a, one of your songs about the power and the crushing of the enemy? There's power and the energy. One of those. I'll let you. I'll let you pick. But you got something that's. I'm really putting you on the spot here. But whatever. Whatever one that that is going to go with uh, with the Holy Spirit's outline that he gave this morning. That's what I want to to do. Now I want you to choose the position and the atmosphere that you want. If you can focus better, seated and focused on the Lord, then stay seated and focused on the Lord. If, if that's going to cause you to, your mind to wander because you're tired and if you put your head down, you're, you're going to physically perhaps doze off, then you need to stand uh, uh, to, to be in a place where you can focus. Find what you, where you need to be in your position to be able to be in a place of worship. And I want you to be doing two things. I want you to ask God. Say, God, show me, release to me the the power, the confidence, and your love that I can access in either my immediate trial that I'm in to stab at the forces of darkness coming against me right now. Some of you are going through stuff. Or to wield that power the next time I face it. Okay? That's the first prayer. Lord, help me to know that your love is so powerful on me. Your love can rest upon me so that the power of God is so great that I can just walk in all my armor from Ephesians 6. Then I also want you to pray again that what the enemy is attempting to do downstairs will be broken in the name of Jesus and be thwarted, okay? Um, I want to encourage you, never ever do it for the purposes of curiosity, but do it for the purposes of understanding the the, the weapons, we are not to be ignorant of Satan, Satan's devices. If you tend to cower away from recognizing how Satan works and some of the things of witchcraft, and you tend to like, oh, la, 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 don't talk to me about it. I, mean, I used to be that. I was that person. You don't, don't you say the word demon in my presence. I'm walking out of the room. I don't want to hear the D word. But that was fear. That was, I used to just kind of go, oh, I just kind of got freaked out. I, don't, there's no such freaking out. I'm an overcomer. Okay, I'm an overcomer. Not because I am anything. I am. I am nothing apart from God. But when I'm abiding in the vine, I'm attached to the ultimate overcomer. So we've got to walk in that power because you will. You will face challenges in this world. You shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Okay. So let's begin to hold on to our overcomer. Okay. Um, Isn't it great? We have so much room up here. (laughs) <laughs> this is such a, such a big stage. We're kind of sandwiched, actually. If there's somebody <laughs> speaking in there talking. But I want you to go into that place of worship right now, okay? We're gonna, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray us into that, and then they can begin. Father God, we again just lift up the name of Jesus to you. God, you are so worthy to be praised, Lord. You are just so worthy, God. We, we just can't exist, God. We, we can't breathe without you. It is your breath in our lungs anyways. So, God, we just pour out our praise to you, God. We praise you. We thank you. But we declare this morning that you are God and there is none else. And that because of what you did, publicly shaming the enemy, nailing everything to the cross, we can be walking in victory and in overcoming power, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that nothing separates us from your love. Nothing will come against us. If you are for us, who could possibly be? Who dare be against us, God? So we praise you, God. And I ask you for a full eradication of anything that is not of you, God, going on here or downstairs, anywhere in this house, in Jesus' name. We praise you, God. We love you. Thank you, God.